0: What NFC East receiver might be on the move next weekend? Should you ever have to rebuild your teams in Dynasty? And what NFC West running back continues to see his FFPC ADP plummet? Plus 2016 FFPC Dynasty 500 number four champion Bill McCall drops by to share his thoughts on exploiting rookie draft picks, whether a sophomore tight end is going to take a big step forward and much much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands. So I dig into my pocket all my money spent. So I the deeper, still coming up for lunch. So I start my mission, leave my residence. Thinking how could I get some dead present since I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid. So I think of all the devious things I did. Five, eight, eight. I used to roll up, this is a hole up. Ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, still don't nothing move but the money. But now i learned Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the Robs that I made. Soon the test. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. Right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. And my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle. He is Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, what rookie receiver is being removed from team's boards days until the start of the draft? Who is this year's Jordan Howard? And Bill McCall answers your questions on how he won the FFPC 500 number 4 League whether you should be worried about C.J. Anderson, and much, much more. Shout-out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, at Hour, at, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak is where you can find us. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Hour. If you want to chime in and uh, give us a call tonight, 347-426-3682. That's 347 game over. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. Our audio engineer, Bryce, the webmaster, is uh, going to be working on getting those questions to us. And, of course, the man pushing all the buttons tonight, except for the ones I push, is our mutual friend and producer, Rob. Uh, Fantasy Feedback will be on later in the uh, show, second half of the show, and we'll get to all those questions, all your tweets, all your emails, everything else after that. The uh, show has kicked off, and already we have a post from Tupac in the chat room. Dave, can we get a confirmation in two weeks? Will we have two hours of coverage of the Revelations draft and none of the redheaded stepchild Genesis? Dems fighting words, as the kids say. Do we have any, like, final finality on this? Will we cover just one draft this year? Are we just going to do Revelations for two hours?
1: No, we're we're going to check
0: out Genesis, balky. So maybe we'll start off with Revelations this year for the first hour, do Genesis in the second hour.
1: Let's take a look at—we're we, pretty aware of who's in the Revelations draft. Let's check out who's in the Genesis draft, and we'll—, we'll Make the decision? Yeah. Okay. We'll Fair go, enough. Just like, kind of like the feature table at the World Series of Poker. You want you want the one with Negranu, Helmuth, you know, all those guys. Is that Revelations? Yes, at this point yeah, I don't want these. I don't want these knobs to get big egos, though. Right, no, this, yeah. This is the I think that that ship has sailed, my friend. <laughs> That's a good point. That
0: ship has sailed, all these revelations, guys. So it, a bit of a housekeeping at, at the top of the show for anybody who's listening. Uh, we will be doing two shows in six days, essentially. So There will be no show next what? Friday. Yes, there will be no show next Friday. We will be doing a special Wednesday night show. Still at ten nine Central, but this coming Wednesday will be your high-stakes fantasy football hour. And then the following Friday, we'll be covering Revelations and Genesis Live. That's an hour earlier. That's at 9, 8 Central, coming up on Friday.
1: Where are we doing the show on next Friday? We
0: will not be doing a show next Friday because you, I, and uh, Tupac will be in Chicago hanging out with uh, some... FFPC players down there, Andrew or maybe Howard. just an FFPC player, Andrew Howard. Of course, I still have
1: to email Jack Han.
0: And Jack Han. I, well, uh,
1: I mean, I don't, I don't know if we're out I'd draft.
0: like to see Jack. I mean, it's sort of like a tradition to see Jack Han down there at the draft. Uh, so that'd even be very cool. Even though the
1: draft cool. is not down
0: there, even though the draft is it, not down there, we will we'll be, be watching
1: on a television screen as well as other screens in the other parts of the country. This
0: is sort of like our unofficial getaway before sort of the floodgates open when we're commissioning and we're doing, you know, getting everybody's entry fees and everything taken care of over the summer. So uh, this is, well, this, this is my last hurrah until Vegas. So that's, that's so what I look at it. Do it Yes, very much.
1: So. All right, very
0: Let's uh, get to the show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, if you have not signed up for the FFPC main event, what in the hell are you waiting for? Sign up now, myffpc.com. You can get in on that early bird discount that expires at the end of next month. Make sure that you are signing up for your discounted rooms. You're heavily, I mean, Planet Hollywood has slashed prices for for the FFPC, <laughs> for right. for the room rates there. So make sure you are getting in on that. They also have an Earl's sandwich. It's very tasty. So I've heard. Yep. They uh they they are going to be rolling out the red carpet for us. They're very excited to be back on the strip, very excited to be at Planet Hollywood. For all the live events, which you can sign up for at myffpc.com. And if you can't wait that long, we have two live drafts going on tomorrow. We have slow drafts going on all weekend, all at myffpc.com. Check that out for anybody who is interested in drafting right now. Thanks to Roto World and Rob for tonight's rundown. NFL Network draft expert. He is a draft expert, Dave. Not an analyst. He is an expert. So we will take his opinion. Mike
1: Mayock is is kind of an expert.
0: With a massive, massive grain of salt.
1: He spends a lot of time on this crap.
0: Well, Mike Mayock said Friday that some NFL teams have completely taken off Washington wide receiver John Ross from their draft boards due to the health concerns they have on him. Now, John Ross, in addition to breaking that combine record in the 40 uh, that uh, that was previously held by Chris Johnson, he's already uh, torn both the ACLs in his knee, and he's already had his shoulder surgically repaired as well. So you look at uh, John Ross mentioned among the top three receivers, I would say, with Corey Davis and Mike Williams in yep. the NFL draft. Dave, if you, if you are a GM, if you're looking at uh, a potentially – uh, you know, much more than just the speed receiver, because we've seen what he can do with the full route tree, what he's done at Washington. What would you be doing with John Ross? Because to me, he deserves to be in that conversation at a minimum.
1: What would I be doing if I was uh, as a dynasty? We, drafter yeah, so as a as a, I'm sorry, as a
0: dynasty drafter. Not, as, I'm not going to give you the credit that you could run an NFL <laughs> team. I'm, I'm sorry, I this
1: is a bad, bad phrasing the question. I would, I would consider looking at him. He's probably though near the bottom of my list of those kind of elite guys. He's near that six-seven range. I'd probably look at OJ Howard as well, especially in FFPC leagues ahead of him. We have. I I think I would take him over. I'm I'm not a big fan of Mike Williams. Right. I think
0: that's that's we we've we've learned that over the last few weeks on the show that you're not a huge fan of his. Uh, We do have an email coming up in the second half of the show uh, that's going to ask for your top five dynasty receivers um, in in this draft.
1: Oh, so I should actually get a list. Is
0: John Ross in, in your top three right now? I yeah, guess this sure. would help he's you two. Since I didn't tell you this beforehand that this email came he's in. He's probably
1: number two. But he I mean he's, he's number two up, at behind Corey Davis. Yeah, but those, those the receivers and Howard are behind the running backs, like the top four backs.
0: <laughs> even <laughs> Cook.
1: Even Delvin Cook.
0: Dynasty I mean. is on its ear this year this with is a running the, back the running backs being pushed up and I'm the actually, receivers falling.
1: This is new for me. I'm actually kind of disregarding uh, Cook's kind of crappy <laughs> combat a little bit because I did watch a lot of tape. Not a lot, but for me a lot. Hey, if you wanted to watch on him, you could have watched Florida State I've, games with me
0: this past fall. It would have been a great time. I read the
1: write-ups and everything. Yeah. I mean, and it's true. He's, he's very explosive on the field. Yeah,
0: he definitely is. And um, well, we saw the sports science. I think I sent that article to you about how Dalvin Cook is measured as yeah, one of the fastest players on the field uh, in the past, like, 10 years or whatever, how long they have, they've been doing this.
1: And I, and I said in the group chat, I thought that that was actually interesting and and useful information. And the reason is because – it is, you know, there, I do believe in the science when they're talking about that, and that he's on the field. And that So scientifically, he has speed on the field. And I, I think that, okay, you can kind of substitute that. If you're a metrics person, you could say, all right, well, there's some kind of proof, some validation of what the film shows right there. Right. Um,
0: when you look at um, uh, uh, Dalvin Cook and, and um, Christian McCaffrey. You've, you've
1: gone away from wide receivers now. To talk yeah, about
0: I know. It's, it's ridiculous. You actually made a deal in one of your dynasty leagues today. today. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what you gave up and yeah. what you moved to in, in, your rookie draft in that league?
1: Yeah, this is the Beaver dynasty league is the name of it. It's on NFL. If you want to search for it, uh, probably not safe for work. Um, my team is, uh, either flat earth society or the earth is flat. One of those two, I'm going with flat earth type teams this year because, you know, that's what, that's, you know, wake up everybody. The earth is flat. Get woke. Get woke. As Nick Anyway. So, uh, I trade the 105 and the 112 to go to the 102, and I'm going to take McCaffrey there unless Fournette, unless Fournette falls to me. It's You're going to, to take McCaffrey.
0: Fournette or McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, I would assume that McCaffrey's going to be there and not taken taken first. And, I mean, you never know. You just never know, though, because, I mean, there's been talk about McCaffrey going at number eight to the Panthers. I mean, I don't know if that's in your rundown here. I think, I think the wait, Panthers, it might be in there. The yeah. Panthers GM said that he – he considers McCaffrey a, a good, good fit. It's yeah. a good fit for their offense. So it would be him and, and The Daily Show running things behind I, Cam Newton. I pers- my personal preference for that, for McCaffrey, for me, I'd rather not have him go there because I don't like Cam Newton swiping all the touchdowns. Even though McCaffrey's not a goal-line type guy, but he definitely won't get goal-line looks if he goes at number eight. Yeah, he definitely will not. Uh, it, it, you know,
0: It's going to be an interesting uh, top. I mean, like normally we look at the NFL draft, and it's usually not that exciting uh, for the top seven or eight picks for Dynasty because you're looking at people who – um, you have like two guys or three
1: guys that are good and everybody else
0: well, is good. Well, but I mean, there's quarterbacks and then there's the pass rushers and, and oh, yeah. there's usually a secondary guy. And the it's, overall draft, yeah. But I mean, like now you could have a running back go at four. You could have a running back go at eight. I mean, there's talk of Tennessee maybe taking a receiver or a tight end at five. Mm-hmm. The whole thing could be bananas.
1: Well, I mean, I, and I think this year's top 100, usually I, I think there's going to be a, a ton of running backs, receivers, and tight ends especially right. in that top 100 pick. So it's going to be a really awesome first two days of the draft.
0: Speaking of running backs, let's get back to uh, the most, one of the most talked about running backs on this show uh, in, in quite some time. And I think uh, it goes without saying that uh, this show has uh, a definite stake in this next situation. <laughs> Trying to balance out the board here. Marshawn Lynch, Dave. <laughs> the deadline has been set, according to Vic Tefour on Twitter, Reggie's G, uh, Reggie's GM. Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie said that the draft is the team's deadline that uh, Marshawn Lynch either has to be signed or not signed by. Um, Reggie McKenzie, this is the quote. At some point, you would like to know. And then he follows up. <laughs> Prior to the draft is that point. Coach Jack, <laughs> he a little annoyed. Yeah, Coach Jack Del Rio said that every indication is that Lynch is excited to play for the Raiders, but these sides still have some obstacles to get past before a deal is reached is between so, the team and the is player. This so easy. Once uh, the deal is reached, then the Raiders and Seahawks have to agree on a trade. Uh, Talks should pick up within the next few days, because let's face it, the draft starts in less than a week. You look at Marshawn Lynch, Dave. Okay, one year,
1: $8 million, right? Yikes. $8 million? Yeah, sure. He's a famous guy. He's good. That's probably what he's asking for. Okay, I fine. would not pay $8 million. Give him five or six. They'll agree on that. Don't worry about that part. And then you do offer him, like, a conditional six, a conditional pick, right? Whatever, random pick, and if you, they go to the playoffs, whatever. It's not that hard. This deal can be made in, like, 40 minutes. Are you... To me it, it sounds like you've resigned yourself that Lynch is coming back at this point. if he really wants – if he wants to come back, he very well he can. There's an offer I'm sure on the table for him. Maybe it's three million or but I mean Rex Burkhead had okay. got three million. He should at least like four or five, right? Good yeah, I would think, yes. So like let's say five million dollars, take that deal, you know, don't try and hold out for like eight or like I said, and then worry you know, let the trade go down. The trade should be really easy. This should be no problem. Yeah. I'm not worried about the trade necessarily, just the compensation. A uh, wasp guy,
0: good friend of the show, chiming in, in the chat. Lynch not that impressive in last appearance. Worried, and I
1: think well, that's a different story. Well, let's let's,
0: let's switch to to that topic conversation. And I think that you and I alluded to this uh, a few weeks ago. I I was willing to take him earlier than you were, but at the way he's going in drafts right now, I don't think really? like either I don't think either one of, of us game. is going to get like fifth, sixth round, something like that. I don't think I would take him there. Not with Washington there. Not with Richard there. Not with how he looked. Though. Now, okay, well, Lynch wasn't very good in 2015 either. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot to be said for Marshawn Lynch being overvalued this year, and he's a guy that I probably – again, you're not going to get a starting running back of the caliber of Marshawn Lynch in, like, the fifth, sixth round. I just will probably avoid him there, and hopefully I already have two decent running backs on my team. Fifth, sixth round, I would look at him for sure. I would look at him, but I probably would not take him out. I would possibly
1: draft him. Okay,
0: so maybe we flip-flopped on that a little bit. Maybe. Moving on, Jimmy Kemsky from the Philly Voice says he thinks it would make a lot of sense for the Eagles to trade Jordan Matthews right now. Kemsky does not expect to give uh, the Eagles to give Jordan Matthews an extension onto his contract at any point, and right now he is coming into the final year of his deal. Eagles GM Howie Roseman is opposed to an extension uh, if if he is opposed to an extension, there's only two options here. You can either trade Jordan Matthews, what would probably for what would probably be a round two or round three pick, or you could let him play out this final year of his deal, and then uh, maybe you get a compensatory pick in 2019 in the third to fourth round area. Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith. Both joining the Philadelphia passing team
1: this year, the overrated wide receiver, the overrated, and, the and they also have Zach Ertz there. By the way, Scott Atkins today on Facebook said, yeah. "Very nice guy. Yeah, I like Scott. We're good buddies." He said that the Eagles' wide receivering core is underrated, and I'm like, underrated. Yeah, I mean, most of them suck, and like you know, Torrey Smith underperforms all the time, so yeah. he's overrated. Yeah, Jeffrey's always hurt; he's overrated. Matthews is a slot guy who's not performed as well as he had you know, hoped. Yeah, the problem is, is everybody's listening to the Dizzle,
0: so yeah, everybody's I mean, just, just just totally throwing him under the bus. And, and Scott Atkins is of course like, look, don't just take the Dizzle as gospel. Whatever. Don't
1: underrate the these guys. So <laughs> I, he likes
0: them. I mean, is,
1: but Dorial Beckham has been terrible so far. Yeah, doesn't look like he might like, not make the team. Seems like a bust.
0: Yeah, and uh, Nelson Aguilar. A goaler?
1: A goaler? Yeah, he's terrible, too. These yeah. guys can't pick wide receivers to save their ass. They're like uh, They're
0: the really Patriots. Can't. How the Patriots could never draft good <laughs> receivers. So they just go out and get them.
1: It's just,
0: it's just, you know, it's not a bad Philly voice. Good job, Jimmy. They my, go train him. My point with having this in here is I think if you own Jordan Matthews in Dynasty, you're rooting for him to get traded to a different team because, honestly. Anywhere is better than Philadelphia. Now, the only yeah, reason the only reason it it could be better if for him to stay in Philly is essentially Torrey Smith, Jordan Matthews, and Alshon Jeffrey are really all on one-year deals this year. Yeah, Jeffrey can be gone pretty easily after this year. I mean, he did. I think his deal is literally a one-year deal. Torrey Smith, um, the guaranteed money, I think runs out after this year. He's
1: getting old. and He's not that great.
0: Right. And the thing is, he's getting old. And speed was always his game. That's one of the first things. Yeah, to exactly. Go. It's
1: like what all, all he runs is nine routes. You know, it seems right. like that's all he does.
0: So and then you have Jordan Matthews, who maybe takes a year off from being the Eagles' number one, and then he's the number one on this team next year. But he's not a number one wide receiver. But
1: it doesn't it, again. You know, Sigmund Bloom was right. Way yeah, that that's right. Yeah, his rookie year, he just. Sigmund, you know, I, I we like him. I like Matthews. Yeah, Bloom was right. I was wrong. I'll say that. I'll admit it right now. Yeah, he, in fact, he could put make that part of the intro of his next show. Oh yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. Right care. up there with. Uh, I'm sure he cares but he was totally right that he's more of a slot receiver. He's not does not
0: he's not going to command yeah. the ball on the outside. Yeah, and he just he for whatever reason he just ha- has not been able to uh, put it together. To and you remember all the everybody I mean, he's, he's was
1: expecting fine, all these fi- targets for him last year with Carson he's, Wentz. He's a fine pro. I mean, he's a he's a, he's, a, he's an excellent wide receiver. Better
0: NFL player right. than fantasy player. Exactly. He's probably as good as like Robert Woods who got overpaid. Right? Uh, did Robert Woods get overpaid? I kind of like him this year. Well. Now you want to talk about an underrated receiver. Not enough people are talking about Robert Woods. What was his contract? I thought that was It was great. it was it was a, a good chunk of change, but again, there's no Kenny Britt there. You have Tavon Austin, Brian Quick's gone. Not that that was that great. But unless they Who's
1: throwing the ball again?
0: Uh it'll be uh Jared Goff. Oh
1: my they God. called it Goff. Back then. Dude, did you see? I mean, I cannot get past how bad Goff looked he in was in the
0: preseason. I mean, yeah, but
1: so terrible.
0: Sean McVay is the new coach. Uh, he for, can't.
1: Because does he throw the ball for him? No, he'll tell him how to throw robotic? it the right way.
0: Yeah. just <laughs> Hey, listen. This is the, this is the first meeting. Is Five it? years, $39 years Jared, Jared, listen. All you need to do. This knuckle. Put it on this stitch of the football, God, and it's going like to sail
1: way, so much better. It looks like he weighs like 190. It's like
0: 6'4". East Carolina wide receiver Zay Jones scheduled to meet with the Tennessee Titans uh, this past week on Tuesday. The Titans, again, looking for more weapons to add to that passing game that already features uh, Tajay Sharp, Rashard Matthews, Delaney Walker. Jones looking to be a good selection for teams in the second or third round of the 2017 NFL Draft. Uh, kind of a polished guy, really high numbers as far as catches, yards, and touchdowns go in the collegiate ranks. Does that translate into the pros for Zay Jones, Dave? Because it, it seems like you've, you've talked him up quite a bit over the last month and a half.
1: I do like him, yeah. I'll take him for sure.
0: Second or third are, round, would this be a good fit for Tennessee?
1: I think so. They need. I mean, they need somebody to play. They, they, their wide receivers are not great. He, I think he will be able to play outside. That That's the question to me because – yeah, they, I just I look at
0: him and I I just see slot guy slot guy right. slot guy is and maybe he'll be a good slot guy but to me that's his ceiling I don't know if he's ever going to be able to play on the outside but the thing is Tennessee really doesn't have any outside receivers they got all these slot guys and nobody who can really set the boundary out there I mean he made so he made
1: his production was just unreal and yeah it was me. insane.
0: I don't know. I'll, I'll take them all day long. Yeah, uh, We will take our guest all day long and, in fact, in a couple of minutes right after this. You are listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzek, Bill McCall, the FFPC 2016 500 number four winner, coming up right after this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Less than a week away are we from the NFL Draft here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzek. I want to Take this opportunity now to bring in tonight's guest. He started playing fantasy football in 2010 in a redraft league at work, and despite losing badly, he said he quickly became excited about playing more. In 2012, he joined the FFPC and he began playing Dynasty in 2013 with $500 league number four when it started up. He is a lifelong Bears fan. And he's lived in Denver for the last 2 decades. He also likes the Broncos. He was able to come away with the FFPC 500 Dynasty number 4 title last season. You know him as Bear Den in the FFPC. We know him as Champion Bill McCall. Tonight, Bill,
2: welcome to the show, man. Thanks, guys. Good evening. How is everybody doing?
0: We're doing great here in uh, beautiful Wisconsin. The snow is almost melted all the way. Almost. I'm wearing my summer parka. It's a great time to be alive, and, and we get to uh, uh, talk to another great FFPC Dynasty champ on the show tonight, Bill. So thanks so much for joining us. Before we get into the fantasy football discussion, tell the listeners uh, when you're not playing Dynasty what you are doing
2: for a living. Yeah, thanks again for having me. I'm excited to be on and chat with you guys, get to talk a little bit of fantasy football tonight. That's always fun. Uh, For work, I'm a senior sales rep here in Denver for Paylocity. We're a national provider of outsourced payroll and human capital management technology, and we focus on mid-sized companies, 50 to 2,000 employees, kind of the wheelhouse, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I've been in the industry about 17 years. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, very cool. How do you like living in Denver? Denver's awesome. Or in Colorado, but, I should but, say.
2: Yeah, Colorado in general. But Denver, yeah. great city, great sports city with the Broncos, the Rockies, all, all the sports. Uh, but we've got the mountains, skiing, snowboarding, mountain biking. If you like the outdoors, it's a great place to be. So uh, we've loved it all these years.
0: You know, I, I'm not judging here, and far be it for me to uh, to say anything, but this, there's a big holiday uh, among uh, – <laughs> among some marijuana enthusiasts <laughs> yeah. uh, this past week. how What was that like in how, Colorado, Bill? How many
1: dominoes cars yeah, did you see yeah, just, just flying around? Just
0: like were, were the Papa John stores being looted? <laughs> was it just crazy?
2: <laughs> there was mayhem going on downtown. I actually had a 3 o'clock meeting downtown yesterday, and I'm trying to get to it. There's a bunch of traffic, and I can hear live music thumping. And I'm rolling the window down, like, what's going on? And then it, it hit me. Oh, yeah, it's, it's 420, April 20th, and it was about 3 o'clock, and – uh, they they had this huge screen across the park and live music, all these people. It was a pretty wild scene. Luckily, I was there an <laughs> hour and a half ahead of time, so I was able to get through.
1: Did you get a, like a contact buzz at all with your window? <laughs> <laughs>
2: my, my windshield was fogging up. I don't know. <laughs>
1: people just dressed
0: up like Jerry Garcia and Willie Nelson. <laughs> it's <like Woodstock> <laughs> it's, just
2: so it, it's everything you can imagine and then some. You'll have to come yeah, out maybe. for it sometime. I would love to there, do
0: that. They? Yeah,
1: so they should really have. They should have like a a, a festival for that. Anyway. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: hey, right.
0: Small Business of Fantasy Sports Trade Association. Once we get this whole fantasy football thing ironed out, let's yeah. tackle weed.
1: Yeah. Let's get weed Good legalized. Idea. Yeah. By the way, the the law in Colorado is probably the best fantasy sports law on the out there. So you're in great shape. Maybe Let's we should get,
0: get, get weed legalized in all these other states, and then maybe the fantasy football stuff will just come right after exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Colorado's a chill state. Yeah, really chill, clear, clear, clear eyes, full hearts. Yeah. Can't yeah. lose. 300 days of sun. All right, uh, Jimmy, congrats on the uh,
0: – Jimmy, Jimmy, Bill, Jimmy, Bill. I, 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 Dave, I, listen, I, listen. <laughs> We're I'm not I'm just kidding.
1: talking about weed. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we actually have some right in front of us. That's why I see. That's why I plot. Yeah, I all know. Right. I'm an idiot, Bill. Sorry. All right. William, no congrats on the 500-4 league <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about one of your receivers from that team, Alshon Jeffrey. He's got a one-year contract that like we were talking about. Uh, are you happy to see him land on Philadelphia, and what kind of season do you think he's going to have this year?
2: I am. Uh, I think it's really the best spot, the the best situation that could have happened for him. I heard you guys talking about him and, and kind of bashing on him a little bit. He deserves it for being hurt, getting suspended. He really didn't help my team last year. He helped a little bit down the stretch, but – uh, it was kind of a wash year for him, but I do see him bouncing back pretty well this year. Um, you know, as far as where he could have gone, being on the one-year deal with a lot of incentives, he's going to be working hard and wanting to earn that next contract. And you know, being a Bears fan, unfortunately, we're back to no quarterback situation. And for the receivers there, it's going to be kind of a mixed bag in Chicago with Mike Glennon. Not sure what to expect there. Could be interesting, but uh, I definitely like Car- Carson Wentz better for uh, a receiver's chances he showed a lot of promise in his rookie year last year he can throw the ball down the field he's not afraid to throw throw the ball down the field so yeah i'm pretty excited for jeffrey um i actually in this league picked up carson wentz off the waiver wire um, kind of later in the season and uh actually held him through the the cutdown, hoping that jeffrey would sign maybe i did i can't remember the cutdown date i think maybe we knew that he signed at that point but i was hoping for that stack potential for next year and Uh, it turned out. So I'm pretty excited about
0: it. Yeah. And Carson Wentz, the other thing to keep in mind for anybody who owns him in dynasty, you know, whether these guys uh, are, are going to be as good as advertised or not. The fact is, the Philadelphia front office, is going out and giving him these weapons. They're making sure that Ertz and Jordan Matthews are there. They're getting Torrey Smith. They're getting Alshon Jeffrey. They're trying to put the pieces in place for Carson Wentz to succeed, much in the same way that Washington did with Kirk Cousins over the last couple of years. So That's the work. pieces the pieces are there. It worked for Cousins. Uh, we'll see if it can work for Wentz this year as well. Let's talk uh, about a trade that you made this past November, Bill. Uh, you made the move. You get rid of Eric Ebron and Giovanni Bernard, and in return, you bring back Clive Walford and T.Y. Hilton. Give us a little bit of the thought process behind that deal.
2: Yeah, it actually ties into uh, Jeffrey's situation even a little bit. I knew I had a a team that was scoring well, had a chance to do something in the the playoffs last year, and uh, needed to shore up wide receiver a little bit with Jeffrey being suspended. And um, I looked around to try to find some receivers that maybe I could trade for that uh, maybe their value is down a little bit compared to where the production was. And that was really a theme for me last year in terms of, uh, you know, we'll talk about rebuilding in a minute here, but bringing in some receivers that were producing, but not, you know, their ADPs were much lower than um, where I saw their production. And uh, so T.Y. Hilton, obviously he's, he's up there pretty high, but if you look at the ADPs back in, Uh, October he was kind of running in that 20 to 25 range overall uh, but he ended up the number five PPR wide receiver in FFPC leagues last year and uh, I was just able to work out a deal I'd hit that owner up about TY because he had talked about maybe trading him in the past and um, you know had a couple other options ideas out there but uh, I was definitely excited most about TY given the production and He's 27, so he's got a prime window coming into the prime of his career with um, you know, Indianapolis at this point. So, uh, Walford, I, I didn't really see a ton of value there. I did end up dropping him a little bit later actually to uh, bring some, some players on um, for protection in the, the playoffs. I, I can't remember who I dropped him for, maybe J.J. Nelson or Ted Ginn just to make sure those boom wide receivers were not out there for someone else to grab and, and play against me.
0: With the news that came out this week with Andrew Luck, too, that stating, stating that he was hurt with this shoulder injury since you know early 2015, I think that's got to give you a lot of confidence, Bill, in, in T.Y. Hilton, too, that Luck is going to be fully healthy this year. He's really going to be able to, to uh, get the ball uh, to Hilton in the right spots, and, and hopefully those guys will be able to connect better than ever now that Luck should be fully healthy, right?
2: Yeah, that's definitely the hope. I would think so. And Moncrief coming back healthy, too, should help open up the field a little bit. So, yeah, I would expect uh, more of the same from T.Y. All
1: right, next question. And I I like how this one's phrased because it actually has his name right in in here, so I can't screw this one up. Uh, (laughs) Thank Rob for that. What's your opinion on rebuilding, Bill? (laughs) Yeah, right. If you run your your team correctly, do you ever need to rebuild? And we have, I know Jake Rickroad says no. Oh, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw this. I'll interrupt
0: you. Jake Rickroad, rotoworld.com published writer,
1: Jake Rickroad
0: Really? had an r- article published on uh, Roto World this I think it was this past week, and um, you know, uh, he, Sean Siegel was
1: actually pimming it up on Roto this. Yeah, he owes it all, though. Yeah. Or is it in, not as good articles or, you know, thought? Right. Or is it inevitable sometimes to have to rebuild?
2: Well, I mean, obviously we should just take first place every year. There should be no need for a rebuild, Right.
0: That's but, my uh, plan. I have yet to execute it. <laughs> it's been many yeah, years. I mean, it's I, just
2: it's not worked out. If things kind of go generally the way they should, then my hope would be to not have to be doing much rebuilding um, from a team that you take from from the beginning in a, in a startup draft. You know, Different if you come in and take over a team that's uh, an orphan. But, um, you know, there's going to be some inevitabilities, too. There's so many things that can happen and change in in, in real football in terms of injuries and and contracts and coaching systems change all the time. And, you know, things change that can dramatically affect player values all of a sudden. I mean, look at uh, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Allen Robinson last year where, you know, their their ADPs are still real high, they're still great athletes, they're still real young, but uh, there's got to be some question marks after the, the type of season they had last year. Um, not that you'd have to rebuild with those guys, but you get the point that things can change quickly and you might find yourself in a a rebuilding situation. And for me, um, as you guys read in the the start of the call here, uh, it was my first foray into playing Dynasty and and still being fairly new to fantasy football in general at that point. Uh, It's a big difference in terms of having to study rookies and really know um, everything about every player that you can, and and that's really exciting about it. That's why Dynasty is my favorite. Uh, format at this point but um, you know the second year in I I made the playoffs first year had a good chance but but it didn't work out second year in halfway through the season I quickly realized wow this team isn't going to sustain and so I I needed to rebuild and uh, went young for that second season made made a few trades um, you know really stacked up on young talent and uh, higher ADPs and then I was able to this past season well started to contend again in year three, got to the point where I was able to uh, get the number one seed, which really helped with Zeke Elliott coming out in the draft that next year. Uh, I drafted David Johnson that prior year at 2.6 uh, in the draft, and so you know the team started to come together. And then these couple of trades, I, I also traded for Demarius Thomas this past season, along with T.Y. Hilton and uh, some good waiver pickups along the way, like Stefan Diggs in his rookie year. Uh, it's all kind of come together for this team at this point.
0: One of the things, and we're talking with Bill McCall, the FFPC uh, 2016 500 number four champion here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. One of the things that was brought up in that uh, Roto-World article uh, that Jake wrote um, was, you know, people always want to, in Dynasty, they want to win every year, but they want to constantly, you know, not get old. They want to replenish their talent, make sure that their age is either staying the same, maybe getting a little bit younger. And he actually... Um, one of the things that he wrote in there and, and had the the, um, the data to back it up over the last 10 years or whatever it was, was that the bust rate for first-round picks um, is actually pretty similar to the bust rate for second-round picks. Um, and, and I think what you can glean from that is the way that you replenish your roster and make sure uh, that you're able to, to have these young guys uh, that are able to contribute year after year is maybe trade out of the first round and, and not necessarily have... Uh, you know, load up on these premium first round picks, but maybe load up on these second round picks. And, and maybe instead of having, trying to get three or four first rounders, maybe try to get five or six second rounders. And if you're able uh, to to hit on those second rounders, you should be hitting at them uh, the same rate as first rounders, and they're not going to cost you as much. And maybe that's the way that you keep, um, you, you know, your dynasty team competitive um, and in the championship window while not getting old. And I think that you touched on it, Bill, with you know, getting David Johnson at the 206. That's a perfect example of a second-round pick that hit. Uh, and clearly he, he's the uh, focal point of your team going forward. I don't know if you have any thoughts uh, on maybe um, the advantages of, of loading up with uh, second-round rookie picks as opposed to first-rounders.
2: Yeah, I, I could speak to that a little bit. Um... I guess Nelson Aguilar, you guys were talking about him a little bit. He's a good example. I I drafted him in the first round when he was coming out and was pretty excited about the Chip Kelly offense, and he's going to be the number one guy. And you know, here he he hasn't done anything a couple, three years later. So I actually cut bait and dropped him middle of last season and just said I'm done. Um, But that same year I got David Johnson at the 2-6. I got Duke Johnson at the 2-2. Definitely hit on an occasional second-round pick, and, Really, really, my strategy overall even is uh, I'm, I'm trying to acquire future year picks. Um, second, third round are, are great if you can work something for a first round or even better, but um, to be able to build the team across multiple age levels. So to have a good mix of some rookies and young guys who have the potential but haven't produced yet, have the guys that are producing and, and coming into the prime. Um, but even this past year I've I back to even some of these older guys who are – hitting the 29-30 year range, and and they're producing way higher than their ADPs. Like, um, you know, Michael Crabtree, I don't actually have on my team, but he's a good example. He produced at number 10, but uh, ADP around 27 right now. Uh, Richard Matthews and Pierre Garçon are two guys I picked up off the waiver wire, uh, and they produced at 27 and 28 last year, wide receiver, and they're going at 48 and 66 as far as ADP. I think Mike Wallace at Um, 24 last year he's going around 77 he's another good example of someone that might fit into that where if you can fill fill backfill I guess the the roster with some guys that are producing that nobody else is really paying attention to or wants and you can get for cheap um, you know if you have a mix of all three it's really helping I think
0: Bill and I I think you you kind of touched on this already but this is the time of the year where rookie draft picks You know, aside from when you're actually on the clock owning the pick, this is when their value is highest. This is when people covet them the most, when they will never have more information on these rookies than we will, uh, you know, at the start of rookie drafts after the NFL draft has happened. Have you been looking at maybe trading some of these first, second, third round picks um, for players that maybe don't have necessarily as high of a ceiling? but players that you're pretty confident won't bust. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, it's going to be tough for a guy like him to bust at this point in his career. You look at um, what you could maybe get for some of these rookie picks in the area of veteran players. Have you explored that at all?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely game for for that type of thought. Uh, I probably wouldn't go after Larry Fitzgerald with that high of a pick, given he probably has one year left, maybe two, but probably one. I think, what is he, 34 this year. Um, so maybe maybe a second-round pick or a third-round pick for him, but... Uh, At the 112, it's kind of interesting. The draft is going to define a lot of what happens next. But right now, it's a little bit of a no man's land. So uh, I may trade down and out of that if someone's excited about that pick when we get to it. I'll probably hold it until that point to see what's available. And you know, if someone like uh, uh, Evan Ingram or John Ross is still there, I, I might be interested in. And those guys, we'll we'll see what happens. I I don't know that O.J. Howard would would still be there. Probably not. It doesn't look like. But, um, you know, a couple guys that are right at that point in ADP um, I'm not interested in with uh, David Njoku and Alvin Kamara. I I see those two guys as potential busts or or at least taking a long time to come to fruition. I probably don't want to hold them as long as what I'm thinking they might take. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting spot. So, We'll see what's available
0: and who who, who will trade it. Bill, let's talk about Njoku a little bit. I'm just curious as to, because I've heard the Kamara bust uh, argument, um, and it makes a lot of sense, but you talk about Njoku. I haven't heard a whole lot of people that are necessarily down on him. Talk a little bit about why you think um, he either is going to be a bust or maybe take a little bit longer to develop than a lot of dynasty owners maybe are thinking right now.
2: Yeah, and bust, prob- bust probably isn't the right word for him because he's so athletic and super talented. Um, I just think, you know, based on the lack of experience of the position overall and, and not as much production as some of the other players, that it's just going to take him some time. I, I don't see him doing a whole lot the first year, uh, maybe not even second or third year, similar to Eric Ebron where, you know, he came out with all this talent and just in his third year last year finally started to, to produce a little bit. So if if you pick him, I think you just have to plan on holding him. It's the tight end story in general. And I feel the same way about um, Evan Ingram to some extent. It, it may take him some time, but, again, it's going to depend on what team these guys go to and what system they're in and how they're going to use them. Um, I think Evan Ingram, for, for my taste at least, has a little more experience and um, equal, if, if not better, talent to do something special.
1: You know, it's interesting you bring up Evan Ingram. I was reading college football metrics. Our, yeah, RC
0: Fisher, sure, yeah, great former writer.
1: former guest of the show. And he was talking about, I think it was Evan Ingram, and he was saying how he was undersized, and he says like everyone's wanting to compare him to Jordan Reed, and that all these NFL teams would say, oh, we'll we'll use him like Jordan Reed, but he he was saying that NFL teams are like politicians, you know, like before the election, they all they're all talk. Oh yeah. And then once it comes down to it, they're all talk, no action. Yeah. So, the, the, that was actually pretty. Like, uh, like, like week four, he asked the head coach, "Like, where's all the targets?" Yeah, like, well, we want him to block for us. We <laughs> draft him to be a blocker. Yeah, and he doesn't block that well, so he's not playing. Yeah, he yeah, yeah like, like Tennessee coach from years, a couple years ago. Like, that's the type of stupid thing he would say. Right. Oh, yeah. he's not a really good blocker. Well, no crap. It's he all, has, it's all I mean. about the synergy between the front office and the head coaches. All right, we're gonna stay here with tight ends. Actually, uh, Austin Hooper's on your team. Uh, do you think he's actually going to be a top 12 tight end now as he enters his second year? Do you think he's breaking out?
2: Yeah, I, I really hope so. I think he'll come in right around that point. You know, low um, low uh, tight end two or um, – I'm sorry, high tight end two, low low tight end one, somewhere right around the 12 range. I mean, Matt Ryan has had a propensity to throw to tight ends throughout his career with Tony Gonzalez and Jacob Tamme, and, and now Hooper's number one on the, the depth chart there, and – uh, he did show flashes as a rookie, caught uh, four touchdowns over the year, including in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, The offense last year, the, the question is with Kyle Shanahan gone, is it going to be similar? But um, definitely see the opportunity for him to take that next step and uh, you know, be in that 12 range, hopefully in the you know, 10 to 14 range. If he can do better, great. But uh, I am excited about him and uh, picked him in the upper mid-second round last year, so that could be another second-round pick example.
0: Bill McCall and both, uh, bo- both Bill and I will be hanging with Mr. Hooper this year as I own him in Blake Harrington <laughs> Dynasty. Although I'm actually trying to flip him because I want to replace him with um, one of these you know, top five tight ends in the rookie draft this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to like – I know what you mean, but – I'm not going to try to trade him to you. So,
1: i just saying, so you don't it's like, like It's like,
0: don't, a, like the evil genius.
1: No, so you know, you're just saying you don't like him as much, apparently, as some of the top five tight ends I, I don't know. Just, just
0: like I, I feel like you're coming into Austin Hooper's sophomore year in the NFL, and this is the year that tight ends historically have taken that big leap forward. Right. Maybe the idea is to keep him on my roster this year and then have him blow
1: up and then trade him. Maybe his I value – I don't think people in Carrington are astute enough to realize that there's a sophomore breakout coming.
0: I don't know about they that. Don't know that. I think is. you sell but the the, Car- the Carringtonians. I think you're selling them short. Well, as a league champion, <laughs>
2: I don't think
1: I did last <laughs> Zing. Well, Eric, uh, we uh,
2: built- where, where would you rank him uh, amongst the five this year that you're talking about? Where would Hooper fall into those?
0: That is a good question. Now, so if we had our top five tight ends, then we'll just say Howard, Joku, um, Ingram, Hodges, and Everett. Does that sound right to you, Dave?
1: Oh, yeah. Those five. I mean, that could be,
0: that could be it. So, so where would Hooper rank there? You wouldn't put him ahead of Howard. You right. probably wouldn't put him ahead of Njoku. Engram is like it's right around there. I, I think I'd put him ahead of Everett. I think I'd put him ahead of. Um, I like Hodges.
1: That. I like Hodges, but I mean it depends on where these guys are drafted. It's yeah. a little bit uncertain. It, it's point. tough to do right now,
0: but he's he's in the mix, as the kids say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bill McCall is our guest tonight on the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the FFPC 500 number 4 champion. We're going to talk about what he is planning on doing with that 112 pick in his league. Eric Balkman, Dave that coming right back at you on the HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman, Dave Gurzak coming back at you on the HSFF hour here shortly before draft weekend. Are you sure you have nothing to say right now, Dave? Well, you you have a B in your bonnet right you just, now. Thanks.
1: Yeah. You just mentioned the one twelve pick. I just, yeah. I think it's just. I didn't of, just mention it. That was a few minutes ago before right. the break. Yes. I hope anyone is if you're back, <laughs> you heard that. Yeah. The one twelve. It's just the The magic pick of like, radio. It's such a great pick. Yeah. To have if if you still have your one twelve pick, it's just kind of a cool pick to have. It's like because that just shows that you won you're the champion. You're like. Yeah, I guess I'll take now. You know, what? it's my turn. I guess you guys have a chance, y'all. Yeah. Fine, I'm gonna go now.
0: You know what? If Bill Belichick was a dynasty fantasy player, you know what he would do with the 112? <laughs> no. He traded for the
1: 203 in the future first. <laughs> he would totally, totally what he would do. <laughs> i not not the 203. I mean, that works 203. for me. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I totally, in, yeah. In the big F in league, you know, the one of the other league I right. I've traded in a couple of years. I went to the 110 to the 210 and got a future first. Yeah. And I, I love doing that. I think it's great.
0: You talked about uh, Dave earlier, and Bill, I'm going to let you comment on this in a second. I want to get Dave's opinion here first. You
1: commented how
0: you think this is a deep draft this year for very dynasty purposes. Very, very deep, like
1: two full rounds
0: deep. That's what my question was. So you think it's like 24, those top yeah. 24 guys, that's, that, 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 that's the sexy range. Yeah, well, I and mean, in, in
1: Rick Rhodes, you know, to get back to Rick Rhodes' article, he said forty. it's 47% of the first-round picks. Have been, right. And then it's 31 for second round. So it is, there is a difference. There is it's a significant. significant difference. But once you get to the third round, it's all garbage. Oh. It's like, I mean, yeah. every once in a while, someone hits whatever. But to get to those top 24, and I really think this year, I mean, maybe this year it goes to 26, 28, but, I mean, this is such a great draft. Anyway, let, let's ask Yeah,
0: you Bill, Bill, you, what do you think uh, as far as this draft? Is it deeper than it has been in years past? What are you looking for the, you know, the sweet spot in the second round where, where you're noticing a talent drop off?
2: Yeah, it does seem deeper than, than prior years, and, and so far last year's rookies didn't pan out very well at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm – I'm excited for uh, the first couple rounds here. Um, you guys were talking earlier about uh, John Ross, and, and now he's off of some draft boards even. So if someone like that could drop to me at 112, I'd, I'd be interested. And, uh, you know, in the second round, there's, there's really a lot of players I'm kind of excited about. Uh, Perrine, I think, has a, a lot of potential as a power back. Uh, Chris Godwin, the Penn State wide receiver, really interesting. Had a great combine. Um, Jamal Williams maybe flying under the radar a little bit there um, running back from BYU and uh, I do like the the wide receivers you guys were talking about Zay Jones earlier Um, he's got a a real good physique for the position I think if I remember right he's the son of an NFL player and uh, Taewon Taylor as well both those guys with all the production and and good bodies for the position and uh, I'm excited about both of them and yeah, maybe even in the 3rd round there there might be somebody like a, a Jeremy McNichols that could turn out to be something interesting too.
0: Talk up a little bit about uh, and Dave, I don't know how you feel about him because we haven't talked to him on the show. I'm kind of down on Samaji Parin a little bit or Ryan I don't know how to pronounce it. I hear it every every, <laughs> you know, some people pronounce it Taylor. He I have no it. idea. Yeah. He's no, but talk talk a little bit about why uh, you like him is is it the fact that he he does possess that that NFL level body where he is so thick and and tough to bring down. Talk a little bit about what you like about him at the next level.
2: You're asking me that question?
0: Yes. I'm sorry, Bill. Go ahead.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah, Oddly oddly enough. enough, Yes, he is. is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, Bill. um, Yeah. Just, uh, he's so powerful. And if you look back at his freshman season, he had a a lot of uh, burst and a little better speed. And um, I guess he had some ankle injuries that have slowed him down. So, There's a question mark around, is that going to be in the past? Is he through that? And can he get back some of that burst to be more of a special player? But uh, I think he outlifted all but four of the offensive linemen in the bench press. So, I mean, he's super strong and powerful. I I would think he's going to get goal line opportunities wherever he goes, and he could turn into being more of a special all-around three down back as well.
0: I also remember –
2: I I like that analysis
0: actually. I I also remember people talking about him being and I can't you know, I, I can't attribute this, so take it for what it's worth. But I remember people talking about how smart he was, like not just football smart, but off the field smart too, like just a brainy type of guy too. Um I think the problem, maybe maybe this is what's weighing on me is you know Melvin Gordon broke the sing or the single game rushing record oh, in, so the, in, in the NCAA's, and I was like, "Oh, it's so great!" And he did it in three quarters against Nebraska, and that last, that record lasted all of one week because P. Ryan broke it uh, the following week. I mean, the record had stood for like 35 years, and then uh, P. Ryan broke it. Uh, uh, academic all Big 12 first team. There you go. So he is a smart guy too, uh, as well. So majoring in uh, physical education. Oh, come I'm just on! I don't, I'm just
1: kidding. I have no idea. What he's Probably doing.
0: engineering or something like that. Don't
1: fire Ed. Give me a break.
0: Uh, Bill, radio,
1: TV, film. Bill, yeah.
0: Don't see now. You're okay. getting personal. You're just getting personal.
1: Oh, with a minor in journalism. What a dumbass. I majored in business. Any more, I can major in that. Look, um, if you can pass financial accounting, anyone can major in
0: business. I could not pass financial accounting. Bill, um, you already touched on it with the 112. It, it sounds like you know. You know, you use the pick. You tell us a couple of the guys that you're hoping for there. But if those guys don't follow you, it sounds like you'd find you'd be fine with moving down into the second round, maybe for a future pick as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I could get a, a second round pick, a few picks later, plus a next year two, that would work. If I could get a next year one for the pick, um, if I could uh, trade for another player, maybe a Tyrell Williams or uh, Josh and maybe take a chance on him. Just given the opportunity, those are some of the things I'm thinking, but it's just going to really depend on who's there when we get there and um, who gets excited about the pick. I think if I hold it until I have the pick and I'm on the clock, there's going to be somebody itching to get a player and try to make a deal with somebody in that regard.
0: Dave, you, you, you don't have your 112 in Carrington anymore, do you? No, I don't. You swap that
1: out. Do you have any late first-round picks anywhere? By the way, um, his major was human relations. Oh, well, well. Or, yes, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Not, no offense, So so not too so when human
0: we're so, so, so when we're going down to uh, Chicago uh, in like. s- in six years for the NFL draft, maybe he'll be the concierge at our hotel. <laughs> that and it's like, Hey, P. Ryan, I remember you. You totally screwed me in Dynasty a couple of years ago. I gotta ago. be in Talking Three O Two. Yeah. Anyway. I did get a B in talking 302. <laughs> how do you know that? Look at my transcript? Do three? I have a question? Yes, yeah, you? go ahead.
1: You're, you're up next. We're going to talk about right. the Patriots running back. So here. I recently on Twitter posted a, a picture of the, the, the shaded out people on the dating game, and it was talking about how this is the New England running back situation every single week. Because you don't know what's going on. You don't know who you're picking. Now, And, and actually, the picture was, is actually wrong, because there's three people in the dating game, and here we have four. Yeah, uh, have, right now. It could be 14 by the
0: time yeah, the season they may rolls Yeah, let draft around. someone. i
1: going to draft P. Ryan over here. Dion Lewis, Rex Burkhead for $3 million, uh, extended James White, and then they acquired – no, Gillisley, is that official now, bulky or no? Well, he, the, the, what I've read is that it's a two-year
0: offer sheet that New England has signed um, Mike Gillisley to, but all everything I've read said it sounds like Buffalo is not going to be matching this, and Gillisley will become a Patriot. All right, so let's
1: assume he gets there. So we've got these four dudes. What do you think?
2: I want no part of that. That just sounds like a, a headache from week to week. I mean, if you're playing an M- MFL F L ten, which I haven't done yet, um, you know, it might make sense to pick up a couple of those guys if they're cheaper there. But just from a, a dynasty perspective, that's gonna be tough to figure out. I mean maybe Lee has the most LeGarrette Blunt like value, but uh Rex Burkhead showed himself to be an all round player too and you know, white Super Bowl hero, he can kinda do it all. Dion Lewis, um, very good as well, so I'm staying away from it personally. I don't own any shares of any of those guys, and and I'm going to keep it that way.
0: And, and Bill, maybe the story here is not necessarily staying away from New England, but if Gillisley does go from Buffalo to the Patriots, the backup running back to Shady McCoy would essentially be Jonathan Williams, a guy who is talked up. In Dynasty circles last year, as a guy that could be a three-down back, maybe he's the type of guy, even if you don't own McCoy in Dynasty, it's worth tossing out a, a trade offer to the Jonathan Williams owner to try to get him on your team. If he's rostered. Is Williams in yeah. roster? Well, I mean, I, he hey. was drafted. where was he drafted last year? I mean, wasn't he a set, late, late second, early third-round pick?
2: I mean, you have to have PC leagues. Yeah, it's a short bench,
0: car. yeah. I always forget Sorry. about that. But, yeah, I mean, Williams is a guy that maybe you'd want to look at.
2: Yeah, I agree there. There's some definite value opportunity there because he looked like uh, one of the the better rookies in the the lower tier of the draft last year with potential for three-down capability, and I I would look there for sure.
0: Let's get to a couple of emails here uh, as long as we have uh, Bill uh, here. Bill McCall, of course, the FFPC 500 number four champion from last year. Also known as Jimmy. Yeah, also known as Jimmy, apparently. Depending
2: if it's 420 or not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's going to be the new thing for the show is just we always call the guest Jimmy. 420 Jimmy. Jack in Dallas, Texas writes, Greetings, Bill. Do you see any obvious reasons why we shouldn't expect a repeat of what we saw from Jordan Howard last year? Congrats on the title in the FFPC, and thank you for the email, Jack in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Jordan Howard came out of nowhere uh, last year, it really took the reins of that Bears job, uh, running back job last year, and, and crushed it, was a was the uh, top 12 running back last year. Is there any fundamental changes to that Bears offense that we should expect maybe Howard to take a step back, or are you expecting more of the same in 2017, Bill?
2: I'm excited about Howard. I think uh, I think more of the same. You've got John Fox as a, a running-driven coach, and Jordan Howard's his guy now, and he's earned that trust. Even as a rookie, he got to do quite a bit, which, which Fox doesn't always do. I mean, your one concern is going to be the quarterback position. Is Glennon going to be able to put enough fear into the defense that they can move the ball down the field versus uh, stacking the box against the run? But the offensive line did really well against you know with the run blocking last year, and uh, you know they're still intact, I believe. And so I would expect more more with Howard, and and there's a lot of talent at wide receiver there to uh, open up the field. It's a matter of can Glennon get the ball down the field and, and keep it opened up for him.
0: Let's go to uh, Nate in El Toro, California. He writes, "Hey Bill, I'm starting to get concerned about C.J. Anderson." It seems like at every turn Elway and the coaching staff has not only failed to endorse him as, quote unquote, the guy, but have gone to lengths to try and replace him, i.e. Devontae Booker. Should I try and move him before the NFL draft for an early for an early second round pick that is Nate in El Toro, California? So C.J. Anderson essentially is the starter right now. But if you owned him anywhere, Bill, would you be looking to move him to get one of those juicy early second round picks in this year's rookie draft?
2: I'm actually uh, buying C.J. Anderson right now. I'm I'm not worried about the knee, but it's something to keep an eye on. He's supposed to be ready for OTAs, was the last I saw. Living here in Denver, I hear him talked up quite a bit. Cecil Lammy is, is local here and loves him. And Uh, he's done really well when he's healthy. So as long as he could be healthy, uh, I would expect we get at least one more good year out of him. And and after that next year, it depends how good Booker is this year too. Uh, I I do still like Booker. I think uh, he kind of flopped in his opportunity a little bit, but he did have a hurt shoulder, and that's pretty tough for a running back to be running and getting banged around with a hurt shoulder. So I'm going to give him a little bit of slack and and see how this next year goes. But uh, in one of my other leagues, I was actually able to – I took over a team that had Carlos Hyde, and I'm not a Carlos Hyde guy, and news has come out against Hyde with the, the 49ers' ownership lately, or the, the GM. Um, I actually was able to trade Hyde for C.J. Anderson plus a next-year first, and I was oh, wow. pretty happy with that nice. at the time. At the time, I was happy, but um, as time's gone on, it's it's turned into even a better move. No
0: you, you, uh, let me ask you this. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here a little bit, Bill, but but um, but since you are in Colorado and, and certainly have a, a better handle on the Broncos than we do, you look at what they would, would do with running back in this year's draft. I don't think that they would go after a running back in the first round, but give me a percentage chance that they would add a running back on day two in either round two or round three that they try to address the running back position. Is it a high percentage chance, low? What, what would you put that at?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't think that they're too high on, on running back, but I would say I, I'm hearing the buzz on Christian McCaffrey if he is still available there at 20, and his dad playing with the Broncos and you know just the local kid. I, I think there's a chance they wouldn't be able to resist taking him if he's still available. I don't know if he's going to still be available. He's, his hype train is, is kind of going out of control now, and he might get picked sooner for, for good reason. But if he's available, they may end up taking him, and that would throw it all out of whack a little bit and and who knows what happens but if he's not and or they don't take him uh, maybe in the third round but probably more like the fourth or fifth round the way the way teams can draft running backs pretty late now and still get decent value uh, I wouldn't see him picking high unless it's McCaffrey
0: have we talked about the bet that you made with two Packer I'm not sure let me ask okay go ahead I want to bring that yeah well I want to talk about the bet with with Bill after you ask this
1: or Is that what you were going to ask? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's what you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, I want to do a handicap.
0: Yeah, there there was a bet that was made. How long ago was it? Two weeks? One week? Maybe it was like
1: about a week. We right, made, roughly
0: a week, I'll week and handy. a half ago. Between, uh, of course, mascot of the show, Two Packer, and and Dave, uh, a bet was made about who would be drafted in the he, NFL he's a, draft.
1: He's a Florida State fan. Right.
0: So he was saying Dalvin Cook will be drafted first in the in the NFL draft, and Dave was saying now it's going to be McCaffrey. Which side? would you um be on as far as who gets drafted first and how much of What's a st- favorite is is, is your size. you mm-hmm. tell them the stakes? Well the stakes are the
1: stakes, stakes are sticks. Our stakes, yeah. Plus drinks.
0: Yeah. Uh it's dinner and drinks between you two uh in Chicago. Fr- Friday night in Chicago, whichever. I mean, parking
1: rest- is seventy six dollars. So this is gonna be
0: expensive. <laughs> we're we're um do we know it's seventy six dollars? Is that what it is? Yeah, okay. at
1: the hotel. The, I, I didn't know that. We're seeing the Conrad in Chicago. All right, so
0: anyway, so Andrew Howard is is probably going to be picking the restaurant that we're going to be dining at Friday night. Um but so whoever loses has to buy the winner um dinner and drinks that night. Mm-hmm. So, who which side would you be on and how confident would you be in that side?
2: I'd be on Dave's side with McCaffrey. Um Yeah. Probably 80, I 80 love it. 80% 80%. Holy uh, cats. Nice. Cuz I, did, I did mean you, I <laughs> saw some blurbs this week even that um you know GMs, you know, anonymous GMs, what have you, have said McCaffrey. The only two running backs going in the first round are McCaffrey and Fournette. Cook's going to fall to the second, and and Cook has a lot of off the field concerns too, that uh, could factor into it. So I think that really sways it even more heavily.
1: Also, did you see McCaffrey's little feet maneuver that he was doing that Instagram post? That I was mean, insane. Why
0: did is you see that? nobody talking? You know, everybody talks about Dalvin Cook's off the field concerns. McCaffrey's off the field concerns. Have you seen? That? <laughs> The lit, the All my, like jaywalking, littering, <laughs> loitering—it's insane. I, do, I, I mean, know
1: he's even done that. To be honest with
0: you. Well, whatever. That's just just what I've heard. Overtraining. Yeah.
1: Um, getting up too early. Yeah. Too much nutritional shakes. Yeah.
0: He failed to vote in his last city council election. It's insane. He's not even a good person. <laughs>
1: it's ridiculous. Our, our jokes are getting worse than <laughs> on. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, final wrap it up. Great, great question here. Give yeah. us a rookie you think will be a dynasty bust, hopefully like a first round type pick and another rookie that will have a big value as a second or third round dynasty rookie pick. So give us some secrets.
2: Yeah. I don't know about any secrets, but just from, from what I've seen so far, um, definitely worried about Mike Williams as high as he's going. Um, he, he looks a lot like Treadwell from last year and, and uh, you know, hopefully it's going to work out for Treadwell, Treadwell, but if I had chosen him in any leagues, I'd be pretty disappointed. Um, so Mike Williams, uh, Al Camara, we talked about a little bit, um, and, and Joku I think is going too high, just given what I think um, it's going to take him to get up to speed. But I guess I could be wrong on that.
1: A little bit against he's the given grain us there. One per position. One proposition position. I it's love crazy. this. This I is just
0: it's the greatest <laughs> guest ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens with Curtis Samuel because he's in, li- in the line of Camara that could be a bust, but depending where he goes, like if he goes to the Saints or an offense like that, they could really use him in a kind of Brandon Cook slash uh, um, what's the Reggie little Bush. running back? The, yeah, uh, not Reggie Bush. Um, he's on the Eagles now. Um, Sproles? Sproles, yeah. Thanks, couldn't think of his name. You know, kind of fill in a, a mix of that role. So uh, if, he, if he ends up going there, I may be interested in him at the 112. So. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. The draft will, will say a lot. Definitely excited for next Thursday. First round, like you guys were talking about, there's going to be a lot of drama with the first round.
0: Can you give us a guy that.
1: Um, we need you, a guy who sucks
0: now. No, not who sucks. He's going to suck. Yeah, no, no. A guy who
1: uh, might be picked
0: in. that's what Other than maybe. Yes. Samuel. Put, put, put the pipe down, Dave, for the sure. last time. Sure. Um The. Uh, <laughs> A guy who might go in the second or third round of your FFPC rookie draft that that you might be a little bit higher on than most?
2: Yeah, I don't know if I'm higher than most, um, but I I do like Zay Jones and and Taewon Taylor. I want to read up a little bit more on Carlos Henderson. I'm I'm seeing some interesting things about him, like Matt Harmon. Um, So those are a couple guys in that mid-to-late second-round range. Um, You you get into the third round, there's a a couple running backs like McNichols that – might be interesting, but um, I'm kind of halfway through the study for, for digging into the detail. The uh, Read the Matt Waldman RSP. That's a great, great read and well put together, so I'm about halfway through that right now and getting psyched for the draft.
0: It's awesome that you're halfway through it already. I am still three quarters of the way through the 2011 RSP. <laughs> just, it's I I don't know if it's a slow reader or it's the fact that it's forty thousand pages long. Every year it comes out.
1: You're, but, re- you're reading the thing on Roy Hulu or Shane Vereen. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Shane Vereen. What do you think of this guy? What about Hey Leonard Hankerson? Yeah, he looks like a comer. yeah. Uh and, and I'll tell you. Can I let you in on a little secret? Can I, I'll just, <laughs> Go ahead. I'll just no. I'll just uh, spill the beans here um, on uh, on a player that uh, maybe you're not aware of, Mohamed Sanu. Be watching up (laughs) for him. Listen, Bill McCall, it has been a pleasure having you on tonight. The 500 number four dynasty champ in the FFPC last year. Best of luck to you, not only in the rookie draft, but in all of your leagues uh, this upcoming year. Enjoy the NFL draft. And thank you so much uh, for dedicating some time tonight to chat with us. We really enjoyed it, man.
2: Thanks, guys. It was was a lot of fun. Really appreciate the the invite. And uh, good luck to everybody out there.
0: Thank you so much, Bill McCall. You can uh, check him out. He is Bear Den uh, for his FFPC username. Uh, So if you ever see him in a league, you can uh, say, hey, uh, I heard you on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I'm the listener to that show. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, exactly. So uh, awesome. That was great stuff from Bill. We're going to answer your emails and tweets and more coming up here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak. This is the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Far be it from us to ignore our listenership. We are here to help you out tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, it is time for fantasy feedback. And I can't find the button. Oh, is it? Yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> it's not and quite it's... time. All right, man. just uh, start it over. a Question for Eric Daver, tonight's guest. Send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. telling you about this before the show started. I said I hadn't eaten much today. Had a couple of drinks, maybe during the show tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So there's there's this thing at the Y. My um my we have a family membership there, and every few well every Friday they have like this family fun night there. But every two or three weeks they have this. I think it's called a float and flick or flick and float or something. But you go in one of the pools there, and they put this huge Movie. movie screen up, and then they pipe in the sound, and you watch a movie just floating in the pool. Okay. And I was like. Sounds like a great idea, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I was thinking about the logistics of it. We're water. Y- y- well, I mean, the, like we okay. put our kids in like the little um, yeah, the, life jacket puddle jumpers thing. Like, three
1: feet, four feet.
0: Yeah, like, and used, and you know? and I told my wife, I'm like, man, I want to put a life jacket on and float in the deep end and just float there and watch this movie. It'd be great. So I was thinking like the logistics <laughs> of this as we're as we're going to it, and I'm just like, it is. It's gonna be loud as hell in there. Like mm-hmm. you, people are gonna be.
1: You yeah, with the echo. Yeah, yeah,
0: like this like this isn't gonna work. It's not a soundproof so so we went in and I gotta what tell was you the
1: movie?
0: Moana. The, oh God, the I don't even D- know what that is. D- it's the Disney the newest Disney movie that came out, I don't know, five, six months ago. Moana, what is it about? Uh, this girl who um has to fight a lava monster in Hawaii. I don't really know. It's hard <laughs> to follow. But um I'm sure you I'm sure you Wikipedia so, goes with the, the plot. I didn't, I didn't. I don't I don't know what happens in it. <laughs> All right. So um, and I gotta tell you, so I, this is my expectation going in. We get in the pool. It is like caddy day at in caddy shack. Like just it's insane. Really? Oh, people are splashing. They're throwing these pool noodles and baby the mats Ruth? around. There baby Ruth no, there's the no baby Ruth. But they're just like you couldn't hear anything. Like it just we brought um, my kids, two cousins uh, who are a little bit older than them. We brought them along. We were in there for like 45 minutes, and then we went to the baby pool, hung out in there, and then I'm just like, "To hell with it, let's get out of here." <laughs> and uh, then we went. And there was a bounce house that they played in uh, for a while. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it, like one of those things that like really sounds good on the surface, right, right. and then you do it, it wasn't that great.
1: You know, at Disney World they do that where you sit on the, but it's on the beach. Like, you, but you need But actually, that's different. Right, it is different. Yeah. You just sit there and it's. Open sit air. there like Moana on the beach. Like civilized human beings, right, right some crazy caddies coming. Right. Around. Yeah. And there was no there was no
0: lacy underall there either.
1: So and that was, there was no caddy manager. Either. No, it was
0: really unfortunate. So
1: no bare feet. But no
0: fighting. Uh, the, on the bright side, Judge Snails wasn't asking the the, the pool to be uh, emptied and scrubbed afterwards <laughs> either. Uh, John in Farmingdale, New York. I haven't heard you guys talk a whole lot about Curtis Samuel. Is it because you're down on him? I feel like he could be a lesser version of Christian McCaffrey in the pros. More Thanks. like a
1: lesser version of Tyreek Hill. That's my John Uber star.
0: Farmingdale in New York. Okay, talk about Curtis Samuel then. You yeah, know, I, th- I think he could be something. I like him. All right. right. Um, it, don't look it up. We'll height and
1: weight. Just take a guess. Uh, six foot. I'm going to say like 196 to 202. Somebody wow. Let me say six foot 196. Five eleven, one ninety six. That's pretty good. Yeah, cool.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good. So he was kind of utilized as like yeah, a one
1: and got the
0: running back slash wide receiver. We really don't know what he's going to be listed at in the pros. I mean, I would guess probably receiver, but who knows?
1: That's fine. I mean, that height and weight is fine considering what he's what his skill set is. And,
0: and given what the NFL does today.
1: Four three one forty. You no, know, his forty time. Everybody, no one, no one's talking about it. You right. know why? Like, because John Ross. Because of John Ross. Four twenty, yeah. you know, four twenty two. The four three one is amazing.
0: That's very good. Um, and you think about the offense that he was in at, at Ohio State. It's not like one of these air-right offenses where you can put up massive numbers. I mean, right. Ohio State had a really good defense, and they played in the Big Ten.
1: They've got a lot of NFL players that have been fantastic.
0: Right. So you look at Curtis Samuel. He, would he be a guy that you would look at in the late first, early second of sure. rookie draft?
1: absolutely. Yeah, there you go. He, I could have taken him at the 112 until I pissed it away with my McCaffrey trade.
0: Uh, yeah, you
1: could have had Christian McCaffrey at the 112. <laughs> or a, a, a poor man's version of Christian McCaffrey. I had no, Samuel and probably McCaffrey falling to the 105. Yeah. He's not falling to the 105 anymore. Who? McCaffrey? Yeah, no, I don't think so either. By the way, somebody was totally dogging on me on the Football Guys message boards about that. You was, personally? The yeah. Dizzle? No, I was on, like, I used Leroy's Aces. So I was yeah. posting. I'm like, you know, I go, this is like maybe two, three weeks ago. I'm like, yeah. by the way, in in a few weeks, there's going to be no chance that McCaffrey's going at the 105, 106 range. So if you want him, you have to trade up to the 102, 103. Right. And this guy's like, oh, blah, 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 that's impossible. Nah, yeah, You're wrong, pal. You're just waiting to see. So what
0: did he say? He's like, you you'll still be able to get him there? Yeah,
1: he's like, oh, yeah, I think it's like 50-50. And the reason is because in, they always have these polls of like where, where players go in the rookie draft. And McCaffrey, I think, was a 105 or 106 player. And it's like, dude, that's not that's how it's going it's to happen if he gets drafted like 14 or 15 overall or eight, for God's sake. Percentage chance that he's out there at the 104 in rookie drafts this year. Um, I think like thirty, forty percent. I think wow. okay. I, I mean, if, if I read this correctly, I, I feel like you know Corey Davis will go pretty high. Yeah, Williams will go like you know kind of low, late first. John Ross, kind of the same thing, maybe even later. Yeah, and then you're gonna have all these running backs go, and you're gonna have Fournette go early, you're gonna have McCaffrey go early, Cook, and then who knows where mixing's going go? But I'm guessing right. mixing goes in the second. So it's gonna be it's gonna be second of the NFL draft. Yeah, so right. it's, I think it's gonna be Fournette, then McCaffrey, and then Cook and then the receivers is my guess.
0: Okay. Glenn in Southfield, Michigan, are you guys buying that the Niners might just take the best player available at two and nab Fournette? I'm already having difficulty getting decent value for Hyde in my dynasty leagues, and the bottom will fall out if Fournette goes to San Fran. Is it panic time? That is Glenn in Southfield, Michigan. I own Carlos Hyde in one dynasty league. I don't think I'm, I'm in panic mode, but, man, it is not looking good. One oh two? one oh two that there's there's and they That's they fine. had him in for a workout um this past week, so there's there's talk that fournette could go at the one o two if he goes at the one i mean i don't i don't If he goes at the one oh
1: two carlos hyde is is worthless essentially yeah yeah i mean he's a handcuff at that point he is because when I mean, you' you' you're draft you're spending that much draft capital you have you literally have to play him it's it's for your job the head coach and and you're all in you yeah. have to play him you have to yeah. And you know, he's super talented. I mean So if you own if you own Hyde
0: right now, what are you doing? If you did, second round rookie pick or is that
1: I mean to me No one's paying no one's paying for Hyde. Hyde's value right now is in the toilet. So you couldn't even get a second round pick? Maybe a late second. When you would do that for him? I would take, yeah, I would take a mid to late second for sure. If someone would actually pay that, yes. Rocky in Piscataway, New Jersey. Hello, Mel and
0: Todd. Clearly, I am Todd because you have the much better hair than I do. Mel,
1: what's Mel and Todd?
0: Mel Kuyper Jr. is having McShay. Oh, sorry. We heard Saint. We, whatever. We heard Saint Dizzles. Top five running backs last week. How about his top five receivers with less than a week to go until the draft? Big fan of the pod. Thank you to Rocky in Piscataway, New Jersey, not only for listening, but also for writing it. We always like hearing emails from listeners. So, uh, Dizzle, we heard your running backs. Let's uh, list your receivers in order. I, I think we already touched on this at the top of the show. Uh, that you feel Corey Davis is the number one receiver in this class. Um, I I don't think that's any kind of spoiler at all, but if you were to rank two through five this year, is there much debate? Is is this a tough decision, or is it pretty cut and dry? How do you rank the top five, or the top four, I I should say, after Corey Davis?
1: Uh, All right, so Corey Davis, number one. I'm going to go with Ross as number two for me personally. Mike Williams, as much as I don't really care for him, I still have to kind of keep him. You know, I have to respect where he's going to get drafted. Right. So I would take him at the third at the third pick. I my my kind of my sleeper for receivers. Not receivers third, only okay, all right. My kind of sleeperish receiver would be Chris Godman. I like him. I yeah. Love, it kind of follows a little. I like the Penn State connection with Allen Robinson. I do too. And and that size and height a little bit. You know what
0: I read today? You know who he worked out with? Huh. Calvin Johnson. He's been working out That's with cool. with Megatron.
1: You know, and people you know kind of dismiss that stuff, but you know. You know, look at the guys who go to the Fitzgerald pass their yeah. receiver camp every yeah. year. Those guys always do pretty Corderell well. Corderell Patterson, maybe not him. <laughs> <laughs> and then at number five, I'm going to play. You know, I'm going to be the, the wimp here. I'm going to I'm going to tie it up. I'm going to Zay Jones and Curtis Samuel. I'm going to kind of
0: so okay kind
1: of equivalent to each other.
0: Significant drop off after
1: um the Williams pick or after Godwin, I should say. Not really. No, actually, oh. I think significant drop off after those two players, to be honest.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: Actually, in well, okay, and Taiwan Taylor, too. I mean, you know, Taiwan, whatever you want to call him. Taiwan. I'm calling him Taiwan my entire career here.
0: Hey, Balky and Dave, what do you make of Jamal Williams? Could he be this year's Jordan Howard if given the opportunity? That is Ray in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Uh, I, I think I brought this up on the show seemingly every time we talked about Jamal Williams. I know Farrell Elliott, friend of the show, former co host of the show, commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. He likes Jamal Williams quite a bit. I look at this guy, and, and again, these, these big running backs that don't catch very many passes that are, aren't speed mavens. It's tough for me to get excited about. How big is he? I don't know, like According 230, 235? Is he not that big?
1: Let me. Let, I'm checking a secondary source here. Well, Google
0: didn't work. What well, was he? Google
1: did work, but they claimed he was two oh one.
0: No, maybe he's not that big. I just maybe he's that slow to me.
1: I just 200. think he's, yeah. I think he's just weighs that much because
0: he, he's just never excited me. Oh, yeah, don't worry. Pro, pro Football
1: Focus compared him to Frank Gore, even though yeah. Gore
0: is like much bigger. Yeah.
1: Anyway.
0: Um, so you look at uh, Jamal Williamson, BYU. Any thoughts on him maybe as a late second round pick, or does he even make it that far, Dave?
1: You know, with with a player like that, I'm not that super familiar with him. I'm going to wait to see where he gets drafted. Right. If he's going in the fifth, sixth round, probably not so interested. But if he goes a little bit earlier than that, I'll take him more. That's you know, that's the other
0: thing that's really you know, we talk about all these running backs. It's such a deep running back class that people are going, GMs are going to be waiting till like the fourth, fifth, sixth round to get, and they're going to get good running backs there. But it's tough for you and I to get excited about a guy who's not being selected until like the top hundred players are off the board. Right. It's it's very very difficult. Well, I mean maybe he has a mission to go on. Okay, let's not bring that up again. <laughs> BYU. Final email tonight from one of our yes, he did go to BYU. Two years. James. From one of our favorite uh emailers, Javier and Tara Hote, coming back. He writes All right, welcome. Hello, friends. A lot of stuff going on in my life right now. About to be a father for the second time on September 2nd. Very exciting for Javier, so congratulations to him. Wow. So congratulations. I congratulations. Yes. Yeah, so I am sorry I haven't emailed in a while. Thanks to you guys. I took second in my dynasty league last year. and am hoping to get the championship in twenty seventeen. What do you make of McCaffrey declining all private workouts? Is he being a diva? Is there something more to this? I really liked everything about him except this. Any insight you can provide is, as always, kind of welcomed. Thanks in advance. That's Javier and Tara Holt. Thank you for emailing. Javier, did you hear about this, though? I feel like I'm like Leno. Hey, did you hear about this? Christian McCaffrey. He's declining all
1: these workouts. I'm his biggest fan, so I've heard about it.
0: So, to me, this would not necessarily – because you don't want to close doors – you, right. you want to make sure that you keep them all open unless you have some sort of assurance that you will not, that, that you will be gone by a certain point and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to work out for these teams. I know I'm going to go to this
1: team if I'm still there and I, I'm good with that. Is that what it is? I mean, I, th- I think that, you know, his tape shows plenty. His combine shows plenty. He had a pro day workout and it's like at a certain point, it's like how much running around or how much, you know, how much, this isn't a, this isn't a beauty pageant, you know, you know, this isn't the swimwear competition. It's like you've seen enough. You don't need me to run around and, and catch passes for you anymore. So I think that he's just like... What a diva. It's not, you know, it's not even being a diva. It's like his <laughs> agents... You know, why risk getting injured? You're already guaranteed like a top 20, top 25 pick at the very worst. I can't even tell you how... I mean, like... It, 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 respectfully, uh, we're not doing any more workouts. You know, Look at all the stuff.
0: I, I can't even tell you. ESPN, Sirius, CBS Sports, they all said, like, Balky, we got to have you come in, do a try. I'm like, no. Nope. I got 280 plus episodes of the exactly. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. You don't need to bring me into
1: Bristol or New York. You <laughs> download it, and you let me know. you. And I they mean, have. You you know you're you're fantastic at your job, but you did not run uh you know you didn't run the the, the three cone drill, like he did. No. You don't have the 2015 yardage record. No, or... I don't. I definitely don't. It does get, it's the NCAA overall. Yards, Yard, yards from scrimmage? Yeah, or or right? just
0: overall yards? I don't know what it is.
1: Whatever it is. I mean, that's an overall like of all-time record. Highly impressive, uh, for sure. Much
0: unlike this show tonight, except for a guest, which was great. I appreciate Bill McCall uh, for coming on tonight. A lot of great stuff the, thank you, Jimmy, Um, the 500 number four FFPC dynasty champ. Uh, Great stuff from him tonight. I want to thank Dave Gerzak. I want to thank the uh, FFPC, Rob Bryce. And of course, all of you for once again, tuning into the show here on this uh, glorious Friday night, or if you're listening to it on Saturday afternoon on the fantasy sports network, God bless you for putting up with us for this long Uh, next week. Our show, As I mentioned, we'll be moved up to Wednesday at 10, 9 central. We will have 500 number eight FFPC dynasty champ, Terry Simonson on the show. That'll be Wednesday, 10, 9 central. We will have no show on Friday. So make sure you tune in on Wednesday, make your planet Hollywood reservations. Now sign up for the main event. And uh, draft now. Satellites going on uh, tomorrow night and Sunday night this week. Uh, so uh, check those out at myffpc.com. Scott Engel and the Fantasy HOF Hour is up next on this Fantasy. This has been Here another episode now. of High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening and we'll talk with you again next week. Tell Tim again, the sound the engine is like a bird. You see fireworks, they call it tire
1: skirt, the bull I know how you work, I know just who you are. See use 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 a bitch on more file, switch it's like DNA.
0: I think what we should focus on for Wednesday's show is making a second bet between you and Tupac, and you're giving them some odds. On what? On the McCaffrey Cook Bet.
1: Why would I give him up?
0: What do you mean? Hey, give Give him some odds. He's clearly an underdog at this point. Like a secondary bet, like a separate. Yeah, like a separate bet. Sure,
1: I'll and do it.
0: Yeah, so we gotta hash that out. He can call in. I, d- I dare that, him to call. Him. That would be great. Answer the dare. Answer the call at Tupacker on Twitter.